It's Fan Fiction Friday. Let's see what you came up with. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Friday, December 15th, 2023. This is Tidings and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-D-O-N to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. This is Fan Fiction Friday, the show where you submit your Mariners trade proposals and we grade them on the 20 to 80 scouting scale. Kachikaku has a deal with the Pirates. Connor Joe for Walter Ford and Prolander Baroa. Colby. Connor Joe, could he help you? Sure, off the bench. Uh, you know, as maybe if you if you really want a really cheap platoon partner with like Dom Can's own, uh, if you think Dom needs a platoon partner, which statistically speaking, we don't really have any evidence needs to be the case, but we watched some of those at bats, so ugh, you you be the judge there. But uh, yeah, it's it's about two million bucks this year for him. Uh, he's not an everyday player. Rolando Burrow profiles as a at least mid leverage reliever with high leverage stuff, and if he can throw a few more strikes, he would be a high leverage reliever. Uh, I don't know how much more you can take out of this bullpen because right now he is pretty much written in pen to be a part of the opening day uh, bullpen, which I wouldn't call ideal. But it's the reality of the situations. Right. Well, and we've this said this team, in the past that like they're probably not going to get a high leverage reliever this offseason via free, like an established mm-hmm. high leverage reliever. So out of the guys that are in your organization right now, he has probably the highest ceiling to be that guy, to be that third guy and not necessarily take Paul Seawald's spot in the bullpen or take that role on, but to be that third guy that they've been missing since they traded Seawald. Yeah. Um Plus, there's an outside possibility that this team may may need to trade uh, Brash or Andres Munoz to get the bat that they need. Sure. And that's unfortunate that they're put in that position, but that is the position they might in, find themselves in. So you just don't want to be you know, giving away high leverage arms. They brought in a couple of interesting arms in their trades, but I don't think you can count on either, any of them. They are less likely to step up and feel, fill in the the you know seawalled gap than Baroa is. So... Uh, and I also think it's just a, it's an overpay for just kind of a run of the mill major leaguer, uh, like Walter Ford for him, I think it's fine. I think if it's Michael Morales, I think you're fine. But I think if you're giving away a prospect with serious upside, uh, that is ready to help you this year, I think you're, you're paying a little too much for Connor Joe, because quite frankly, I could go give Carlos Santana three and a half million bucks and get roughly the same production at the plate as I would from Connor Joe and keep Prolander Barra. That's just a route I would rather go. So uh, for me, it's an overpay. Uh, Kudos for coming up with a name that we haven't really talked about. Uh, You know, it's, it's nice to see trades that aren't just Randy or Rosarena or Lars Newbar. So um, I'm sure we don't have any of those uh, coming up, but uh, yeah, uh, I I would say it's an overpay. So I'm going to give it like a 40. I I think I'll, I think I'll go 40. I feel like it's a bit too aggressive to say that it's an overpay. We're talking about uh, 
a guy in Connor Joe who's coming off he's coming off of a two win season. Now the first half of the season is doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. One point nine, one point nine. Cade Marlowe was right. like a one player in like yeah, half yeah, the yeah. time. Are we, no, no, are we no, crowding I him? I, I get it. I get it. I totally, totally get it. I'm just saying that there is. Like, I'm just saying that there's a decent chance that Connor Joe impacts your season over the course of more games than Prolander Baroa does in 2024. But that's obviously not how it works, right? Because we're talking about a controllable asset here with Baroa, who has a very high ceiling. I mean, there's definitely a possibility here that he ends up just being uh, a guy that has really good stuff but can't find the strike zone like we've seen in the past with guys like Gerson Bautista and Tiago Vieira, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Guys like it's also very, but he, but yeah, exactly. But there's also a very good chance on, on the other hand that he is Matt Brash, that he is Andres Munoz, that he is that third guy that you desperately need there on the back end of your bullpen that you're probably not going to go out, like I said earlier, and get this offseason. Um, so I don't think I would do this trade. I don't think the Mariners would do this trade. I don't think it's necessarily an overpay in the way that that it is Colby is saying, but uh. I think the valuation overall is actually fine, uh, but relative to what the, the what the Mariners need right now, to where their roster is right now, what the other options are uh, that are like Connor Joe out on the market, um, I'll give this because you you mentioned a name that we haven't really talked about. I'll give it a forty five. Uh, I just don't think this is a deal that the Mariners would do though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Roll your eyes all you want. All right, next uh, next trade here from Roomba Hive Mine. That's a hell of a name. Uh, Perlanda Baroa once again for Ryan O'Hearn. All right, so so does this get your gears going, Colby, on a on a Perlanda Baroa trade? Ryan O'Hearn, no. who was hitting pretty consistently in the top four of the Orioles lineup this past year. Yeah, uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, no, because again, like I am trying to. I'm trying to build a bullpen on the cheap, especially now since I don't have the money that I thought I had. Baroa is the guy in this bullpen that gives me the most upside for the cheapest price. And if I'm not going to trade that guy for somebody who I really believe is like, you know, definitely going to impact my lineup, I'm just not going to do it. And and while O'Hearn had a nice breakout year last year, there's a large chunk of his career that shows that he's a four A player. Like so how much do I want to trust that? Not a ton, not a ton. So, um, and by the way, if I was going to trade Baroa for like to, if I was going to trade Baroa to Baltimore, why wouldn't I just go ask for like Anthony Santander? I think that's reasonable. Um, so I just don't trust O'Hearn enough, uh, based off of what 365 plate appearances. Like I'm not going to trust that to go and trade one of my better trade chips in the minors for that guy, particularly when this trade chip, when this prospect, I should say, is going to impact my 2024 bullpen. I just not, I'm just not making that deal. So I don't think this is a bad one. Uh, I like it more than Connor Joe, but only barely. So um, I, I think it's probably like a 42, like, cause at least Joe's done it a couple of times. Ryan O'Hearn is, never really done it with the exception of this last year, but O'Hearn was better than Joe offensively this year. So uh, pretty similar deal. Uh, I, I think it's a bit of an overpay mm. uh, if you're giving up a row for one of these types of guys, but um, you know, I just, I want somebody with a little bit more of a track record than O'Hearn. And I want somebody with a little bit more upside than Joe, if I'm trading uh Baroa. So I guess I give this one like a 40, 45, somewhere in that range. 
I think the Orioles actually say no to the steal because we know that they're not going to spend a lot of money and O'Hearn's obviously coming off a good year and they've built a really nice offense there in Baltimore and I don't know if they're necessarily going to subtract from that because again they're going to uh they're not going to spend a ton of money and they've already addressed their bullpen in a pretty big way with uh Craig Kimbrell and they spent probably the biggest contract they're going to spend all offseason on on Kimbrell there so I don't know if uh Baroa is necessarily worth them uh trading a guy who again hit in the top four of their lineup fairly consistently over the past uh, season so uh but i also have some pretty big concerns about o'hearn like you as well because i mean he doesn't walk at all uh and he has posted high strikeout rates over the last few years um i could see him easily regressing in a pretty significant way this this upcoming year i just have a bit more concern about o'hearn um in terms of just like I just I, I I think he might end up being that 70-ish WRC plus guy that he was for the first few years of his career. And yeah, I, I feel like I know this is probably weird to say coming off of the the year that O'Hearn is and Joe is, but I feel more confident in Joe producing relative to his career norms or relative to what he did this past year than O'Hearn. I'll still give it a, a 42, 45, somewhere in there, just like the Joe deal, but uh yeah, I have some issues there with uh, with Ryan O'Hearn for sure. All right, so we got a few more traits coming up here in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. And the Mariners might not be playing right now, but the Kraken and Seahawks are. So whether the action is on turf or on the ice, whether it's Jared McCann or Gino Smith, you can bet on it all with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ham Swaggerty 69 has a deal here with the Marlins. Bryce Miller, Gabriel Gonzalez, Lazaro Montez, and Jeter Martinez for Jazz Chisholm and Trevor Rogers. I like Trevor Rogers. I assume you heard us talking about him on our Patreon show the other day. Um, we kind of pitched a, a similar idea of maybe you're trying to, uh, with Josh Bell, of course, at the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe you take on Josh Bell's contract so you can also get you know, Jazz Chisholm or, or Trevor Rogers or something like that. But uh, I think the issue with this deal is that Miami's probably not going to trade Jazz Chisholm for pitching. Uh, if Bryce Miller's the best they can get, they're probably just going to hold on to that guy because the Marlins have pitching, like they have excess pitching. So they're not really looking to add more to it. Even if they get nothing out of Trevor Rogers, they still feel really good about their pitching staff. So I don't think that that's going to be enough to carry this deal. I think if you're looking to, to acquire both of these guys, I think you're looking at like Harry Ford, 
Gabriel Gonzalez and like, I mean, maybe somebody like, I don't know, Josh Rojas or, or Ty France or, or, you know, it, it's going to cost somebody from your major league roster, but it's also going to not, it can't be a pitcher. Like a pitcher can't carry this deal because it doesn't help Miami all that much. So if you're going to get Rogers and jazz, I think it's going to cost you two of your top five at minimum, and then probably some pretty good uh, secondary pieces. So I think, you know, if Miami didn't need pitching, I think this deal makes a lot of sense, but uh, they, they don't, they don't need it. So uh, I don't think Miller carries as much weight in that, in this type of deal as he would in say a Tampa Bay trade or a, or a Baltimore trade or something like that. So, uh, you know, fun idea, creative idea. I think the valuation's off just because, you know, again, I I just don't think the two teams line up. Yeah. It's it's team specific. Like, yeah, these two type of players on a different team for that package. Yeah. I I think that would make some sense, but just because it's the Marlins, you don't, you kind of are in the same spot as they are, right? You have a little bit of a limited budget. Yeah. You feel like you're ready to take a step forward. So you're trying to navigate with a, you know, a limited payroll, uh, to jump ahead and take that next step. And so when those two teams come together in a trade, it's usually pretty complicated. And, and I just, I, I don't think that they, uh, they match up too well unless the Mariners are taking yeah. on like Josh Bell's contract or something like that, which we've talked about a little bit on the Patreon show. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting idea. Definitely more creative, uh, than, than some of the other ones we're, we're used to seeing. So, uh, and I think the valuation is pretty close. I think it's it's more or less accurate, but just team specifically, I, I think it's probably I don't know forty between forty five and a fifty somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a fifty because I think the valuation is good. I think it's unique. I think it's creative. I just don't think that the two teams line up. Like I don't, I, I cannot imagine this deal actually going through. Uh, that this is actually like a realistic trade that would happen. Uh, because yeah, like you said, the Marlins, even without uh, Sandy Alcantara right now, still have a ton of pitching. As is, they don't mm-hmm. like. Obviously, everyone wants pitching, no matter what the circumstances are. And obviously, uh, young, controllable starting pitching that already has some established work in Major League Baseball is super, super attractive. Um, which is why we've said, you know, when the like when the uh, report about the Royals being interested in Bryce Miller uh, came out or in the Mariners young pitching rather. I don't know if it was specifically Miller. Everyone is like, like we said, everyone is <laughs> every single team is interested in that to, to a certain degree. Uh, but the Marlins trading jazz Chisholm, who we know, I mean, obviously a lot of concerns there, but if he can stay healthy at his best, he's an MVP candidate. Um, do they really want to trade that for, a position for you know the headliner being at a position of strength for them already i don't think so i can't imagine that being the case uh and obviously yeah. trevor rogers uh has the potential to be a, a mid rotation starter just like bryce miller obviously I, I would think that miller has more upside now at, at this point in time in his career compared to rogers but i think it's close enough there that uh the marlins wouldn't do this deal i think there's a lot of reasons for the marlins right. not to I do mean- this deal because then the Marlins have to go out and they have to replace Jazz Chisholm. Yeah. It's going to be a little harder to do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll give it a 50, though, because I think it's good valuation. I think uh, I think it makes a lot of sense from a lot of different angles. But 
it also make it doesn't make a lot of sense from a lot of different angles at the same time so won't go further than that but uh good job overall so i i understand the thought process i get it blear 91 has a deal with the uh with the red sox Outfielder Jaron Duran and second baseman Manuel Valdez for Bryce Miller and Jonathan Classe. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, Duran fan. Uh, and it's mostly because I look at the profile, I look at the numbers, and I go, look, he's coming off of a good year. There, there's no denying that. You know, 120 WRC plus, uh, two and a half win player. Uh, but I don't. I just look I when I watch this guy play I look at him and I go he's kind of a I think he's an average he's an everyday average player and if I'm trading Bryce Miller I want more than average here's the like the upside of Duran though really fast guy should be okay in a corner outfield spot I don't think he's made for center field uh there's not a ton of home run power so this is a guy who's probably ideally hitting you know nine but probably hits one for most teams uh there's just not a ton of pop here the walk percentages are pretty mediocre the strikeout percentages aren't great uh they're not bad they're certainly not bad but they're not great uh and when i look at what i'm going to trade bryce miller for i think if i'm trading him for a guy with you know if i'm trading him because of club control which duran is a club control ad not a impact ad as of right now at least yeah. then I think I want like potential star if I'm trading Bryce Miller for a club control guy. I don't see Duran as a star. I don't think it's terrible uh, because if, you know, if Duran is your starting left fielder. Okay. Like it, it's not ideal because he really should be playing center with his, with his, you know, power profile, but obviously that's not going to happen. And Valdez to me though, he's just kind of a, he's Josh Rojas. Like I feel like I have that guy already in my back pocket. Uh, I don't really care that much about trading Classe. Uh, I'm, I'm not huge on on Jonathan Classe. There's a lot of red flags there. Um, so overall, I think this deal is it's not bad. Uh, I wouldn't be upset if the Mariners made this deal like in real life. It's just for me, if I'm trading Miller, I want impact. Or if I have to get club control, I want potential star. And I just don't think Duran is going to do that playing left field for you, not hitting a ton of home runs, not drawing a ton of walks. Like I just, I don't, I see him stopping just short of, of a star. A quality he feels player. very Andrew Benatendi. He does. Yeah. Uh, minus the 20 home run power. So, right. Uh, and the gold glove defense, <laughs> like he's, he's been attendee light. So mm-hmm. like I said, it's not the worst idea. I've certainly seen worse, but it just, it just feels a little light to me. So sure. it, sometimes it's just about sure. feel. And I guess I wouldn't be upset if they made this trade. Wouldn't love it though, because I feel like if I'm trading Miller and I have to go out and replace Bryce Miller, I need to hit a home run with what I'm getting back for Bryce Miller. If that makes sense, because now in this trade, I got to go out and sign a, a number four starter. And is it worth, you know, is, is Jaron Duran worth that headache for me? No, but it, it's, okay. it's solid. I'll yeah. give it a 50. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it a yeah, 50 to 55 cuz I I do like Durant. I get the thought process here. And also getting someone like Valdez who's already been up at the major league level and has produced a little bit, um that also helps to give you another option at, at second base as well. Um you know, I don't like him as the guy, but uh yeah, as an option to just kind of get in the mix there. Uh totally. Um and Durant, you know, obviously doesn't have the over the wall power like you mentioned, but he does slug. He slugged 482 yep. this year. 
he mm-hmm. hit 34 doubles like uh he does have some power and maybe there is a tweak there that could lend to some more over the wall power but i i think at most you're how probably much, expecting 12 to 15 home runs on the high end a season how much power does how does that that power play at t-mobile going from yeah Fenway to T-Mobile. Going to Fenway, yeah, yeah. going from Fenway to, to T-Mobile, obviously going from the short porch there in right field and, and Fenway to... Yeah. Uh, Still you know, obviously, short porch, but not as short, clearly. Yeah, well, and obviously the, you know, lefties do profile pretty well there uh, at T-Mobile Park, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, how much more, if at all, can you get out of Duran's bat from that point of view uh, at T-Mobile Park? I think that's a very fair question to ask. Uh, but Duran is someone that's proven that he can hit for a high average that can mm-hmm. slug despite not having the over-the-wall power. Sure. Um, but again, you know, when we're talking about, thinking about some of the other guys that we have talked about uh, with regards to Miller's market and who we would prefer to trade Miller for, Isak Paredes, Randy Orozarena, et cetera, um, do you think that Jaron Duran is better than those guys? No. I, I, yeah so and that's also a question for our listeners here uh they're tuning in right now ask yourself that do you would you rather have jaron duran than um royce lewis right would you rather have jaron duran than isak paredes um so it, it's i i think that's i think that's just a very long-winded way of saying i do like duran if they made this trade okay i understand it but it's not he's not my first choice He's no, kind at of some point, yeah, at some point, beggars can't be choosers. I'm looking for more of a corner uh, profile, um, and I just don't think that Duran is that. But like I said, I am willing to admit that I am low man on Duran for reasons I can't quite explain. There's just something about his game that I don't think quite adds up to, you know, a 120 WRC plus guy. But I could be wrong. Sure. And, sure. you know, like like I said, if the Mariners made this trade, I could defend it. I'd be like, okay, no, I see what they're I see what they're going for here. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Fan Fiction Friday. We got a couple more of your trades to grade. We're going to get to this one from Alex, which is a deal with the Cleveland Guardians. Bryce Miller, Jose Caballero, Jonathan Classe to the Guardians for Josh Naylor. I like Josh Naylor a lot, but it's two years for a first base slash DH type note. Great first base slash DH type, Josh Naylor. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome bat. But for six years of Bryce Miller, of a potential mid-rotation starter who's already had some really nice success at the major league level, and I have to throw in more, doesn't really matter what it is, right? Caballero, Classe, I'm, I'm not too high on either one of those guys, but I have to throw in more on top of the six years of a potential mid rotation starter for two years of a first base slash dh type i'm i'm good i'll pass yeah i would really struggle to give up miller for anybody less for somebody who has less than three years of club control unless it's a like a star which naylor is not good player good hitter not a star um i do think this is probably something close to what it would have to look like though to get cleveland interested like you're going to have to overpay for Naylor. i just don't think the mariners should be the team to do that um you know like i could i could make this trade or i could probably just give up class a and caballero and go get harold ramirez like 
I, I'd rather do that and then just keep Miller. So um, I think this is the type of deal offer you would have to make to Cleveland to get them to listen on moving Naylor because they really have no reason to move Naylor. So you kind of have to blow them away. But for me, if I'm the Mariners, this is a non-starter. I'm not interested in that because, again, like I can go get Harold Ramirez for less. And he's mm-hmm. not as good as Naylor, but he's pretty close. And again, I can keep Bryce Miller. So um, I like Naylor. I think Naylor is a great fit for what Seattle needs. I think he fits the ballpark really well. I think his profile is really set up to succeed at T-Mobile. Um, I totally get why Mariner fans would want Naylor and might be willing to overpay for him a little bit. That's just not me. Like I, I'm not giving up six years of Bryce Miller for two years of Josh Naylor, let alone adding on a, you know, kind of a useful for a utility type and class A's upside is, is as much as I don't love class A as a prospect, his upside is still very real. So I, I think this is an overpay. Um, and I don't think it's an overpay for a star. It'd be interesting if Naylor had one more year of club control. If I got three years of Naylor, ugh, I'd be, I'd be much more on the fence about this one, but with just two years and I have to add on top of Miller. Nah, yeah. I, I don't, uh-uh. I don't think I'm in. I'm going to give this one a 30. I'll give it like a 35. Last trade of the day comes from okay. Seattle or bus. Uh, so we got the same exact trade from two separate people in underneath our fan fiction Friday tweet. I believe Ooh. this one came first. I, I think so. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So if I mess that up, I am so sorry to Daisy and the Dingo who also, submitted this same exact trade one of you though i'm going to assume stole this idea from the other because it is the exact same deal like the exact same and i have a Mm. very very hard time wrapping my head around the idea that you both just so happened coincidentally came up with this same exact structure somebody deal somebody forgot to switch out of their burner Mm. or that or that or that which one are you kevin duranted <laughs> or so, the same person we got gotcha. you either way i do actually think this uh idea is pretty interesting um so we're going to talk about it uh it's a three-team deal with the rays and the white Sox. the mariners get randy arosa reina dylan cease eloy jimenez and cash from the white Sox. Uh, the White Sox get Curtis Mead, Xavier Isaac, and Gabriel Gonzalez. And the Rays get Logan Gilbert, and that's it. So essentially, it is for the Rays, uh, from the Rays' perspective, Randy Orozarena, Curtis Mead, and Xavier Isaac for Logan Gilbert. Uh, the Mariners are trading Logan Gilbert and Gabriel Gonzalez for Orozarena, Cease, Jimenez, and Cash. I don't know what that cash is. You need to be more specific. Though Daisy and the Dingo said $5 million cash, so we'll go with that. We'll say it's $5 million cash. Uh, and then the uh, the White Sox get Mead, Isaac, and Gonzalez for Jimenez and Cease. All right. I think we're we're all caught up on that. Hopefully you guys were able to keep up with all that. Uh, Colby, what do you think? I don't know if this is enough for the White Sox. Like I like Curtis Mead uh, plenty. Uh, Gabriel Gonzalez is a, a good prospect. He's not an elite prospect like some Mariner fans make him out to be. Um, it just feels like it feels like a ripoff of the three of the three team proposal I had on my solo show last Saturday, just with a different team mixed in. So, uh, yes. Where, yes. what was the inspiration for this deal? I wonder. 
Yes, sure. Because clearly uh, I thought of that idea first, obviously. Right. And that's only Nobody, an idea that you I, could ever have and no one else yes. can. Yeah, yeah. Yes, obviously. Yeah. You can only uh, think of three team deals with the Rays and the White Sox. Yep. I mean, mine was with the Dodgers, but it, it well, it was uh it was the Dodgers, the Mariners, and the White Sox, but mm-hmm. you know, he just so happened to be getting Dylan Cease and Eli Jimenez, which was also in my trade. So whatever but uh you know using logan gilbert getting prospects and then swapping some of those prospects yeah it all smells very familiar here Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. it's 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 an interesting deal uh certainly if you're trading logan gilbert and gabriel gonzalez and you're getting a rosarena cease and and jimenez you probably have to do it like I, i don't think you you're in a position to say no to that uh while gilbert is I think pretty much undoubtedly the best player getting moved in this trade. You are getting an everyday left fielder who has all-star upside. You're getting a, you know, number three starter to replace Gilbert who does have more upside and you're getting Eloy Jimenez who, while the White Sox may hold a funeral for him every single year when he does play and when he is healthy, he's, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good hitter. He's a DH only though. Like that is, that is what he is. You're not Mm -hmm. getting away with him uh, in the outfield. So, I think it's pretty good. I I don't think the White Sox are getting enough would be my one concern here. I don't know if Curtis Mead and, and Isaac and, and Gonzalez is quite enough to give up Cease and Eloy. I feel like mm-hmm. they could probably get more if they traded those two guys separately. So not bad. Definitely creative. Um, you know, it, it is unfortunate that Seattle has to part with Logan, but to get a Rosarena, Cease and Eloy probably was going to be the case. Uh, I just don't think the White Sox are getting quite enough. Uh, and I'm not sure if the Mariners would add enough on their end to make this deal happen, or if the Rays would be interested in adding more on their end. Uh, because from the Rays' perspective, a Rosarena, Mead, and Isaac for Logan, I think that's probably about what they would feel is an appropriate amount. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'll give this one a 55. It's definitely creative. It, the valuation I don't think is, is terrible at all. And, um, you know, it's, it's certainly, uh, I, I don't think it's that realistic, but I, I think it's a fun trade. I think it's unique. I think it's creative. I think it, the valuation is about right. I think the three teams actually fit pretty well as trade mm-hmm. partners. So yeah, I'll give it a 55. Yeah. I was going to say that you can definitely see a way where all three of these teams kind of need one another, which is, you know, what you want when you're trying to come up with a three team deal, like what is the actual practicality of this team being involved, right? Do, does this team actually need to be, can just two of these parties hammer out a deal on their own? Cause that's usually what happens with a lot of these three teams deals where it's just like, what is the purpose of this other third team? Like, why, why are they here? Like the, the other two teams can just make these, this same deal with one, with one another. Like it doesn't really, but like the Rays probably don't want, cease or they would rather have gilbert than cease because gilbert has more club control uh is less expensive right now than ceases um and if like the white Sox really want curtis mead right if that's kind of like one of their goals and a return for dylan cease then again if the rays don't want dylan cease but they want logan gilbert then i can see why the the white Sox would try and get involved in this if they want curtis mead really bad i think it's slightly better than a 55 but not good enough to be a 60 so i'll give it a 58 I think it's uh, really creative, and again, look, there, there has to be like a like a, a, a three team deal like premium 
right? Because these things are so hard to come up with. And this actually does make sense. Like it doesn't make me want to bang my head against the wall. So yeah, you get points for that. So uh, I, I do think it makes a lot of sense in a lot of different areas. And also you, uh, whoever actually came up with the steel first, uh, you, there's actual purpose for all three of these teams to be involved in the steel. Whereas with a lot of three team deals, that isn't the case. So you also get points for that. So again, 58 on this deal so good stuff good stuff all around to whoever came up with this deal whether it was seattle or bus daisy and the dingo or maybe you're the same person and you just uh yeah you kevin duranted yourself who knows but uh that's gonna do it for fan fiction friday thank you so much for joining us for colby Batnode, i'm tidying gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow me at ty dane gonzalez and colby at cpat 11 that's cpat 11 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode thank you again for making us your first listen have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you next time peace